You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Friday edition of the podcast. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic wherever you might be. A lot to get to ahead on this episode of Locked On Cougars. A little bit of a recap of BYU Football Media Day. What did I take away after wandering around, talking with people? We'll get to that. We'll also talk about BYU Football History, the 100 seasons of BYU Football Countdown. Looking back at 1968 for the Cougars. And, of course, we will catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News. A notable BYU basketball player with a chance to go to the Olympics. We'll talk about all of that ahead on today's show. It's all brought to you today in part by our good friends of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. If you guys want to get the latest intel when it comes to the NFL Draft, I know it's months and months away, but you guys can listen to the Locked On NFL Draft for all the details with regards to upcoming draft prospects, mock drafts, the whole gamut. Check out Locked On NFL draft wherever you guys get your podcasts. All right, without further ado, let's get going here on a Friday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for June 18th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. A big thank you once again for your continued support of this venture. It's a blast to be with you guys, and apologies for the delay on getting this Friday edition out. I mentioned to you guys yesterday that I was planning on doing a special edition, which would count for today's shortly after BYU Football Media Day concluded. But then, you know, life intervenes. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I've got two young children, and I had to shift into dad mode, so my apologies for the delay on getting this podcast out. My daily routine on a Friday also got disrupted as we observed the Juneteenth holiday as part of the Smith Entertainment Group, the Zone Sports Network, which I work for. We had the day off, so obviously spent some time with the family, but now sitting down and knocking out this podcast. So a big thank you once again for your support, and apologies once again for the delay on getting this out to you guys. But plenty to get to ahead on today's show, but we will start with the topic du jour, and that is BYU Football Media Day. The Cougars had their annual media event, and it's something that I missed because last year, obviously due to the COVID-19 pandemic, they did not have a media day, kind of a pseudo media day via Zoom right before the season really got going. But this was the first chance we'd really had to see players and coaches in person and I'd say over a year. It's been a long time coming, but it was a really phenomenal event, and I tip my cap each year to the BYU Athletic Communications team and all those involved with the BYU football program that put on this event. And I think it's first rate. They do a great job with it. Always invite us in the media to go down there and talk, and I can tell you this much, a little bit of a teaser ahead to coming weeks. I got a number of one-on-one interviews with BYU players I think you guys will highly enjoy. We'll kind of filter those into the podcast over the coming days and weeks. You guys to hear from guys like James Empey, Neil Pau, uh, Gunnar Romney, some great conversations across the board, and I'm sure you guys will enjoy them. I'm looking forward to getting them to you as well. All right, but what did I take away from BYU Football Media Day? Well, there wasn't really any major announcements outside of BYU's name, image, and likeness program, which they are launching, called Built for Life. I teased this on the podcast, said, hey, keep an eye out for an announcement for it, and truly, it was the only notable announcement from BYU Football Media day. I have to say as a little bit stunned and shocked, that was really the only major announcement BYU made. Typically, they seemingly have a 
BYU football series to announce or something else, but they didn't have any of that. The good news is, is I think this new Built for Life program is going to help BYU student-athletes. Uh, some of the stuff from their release about it says, quote, the Built for Life focus is pr- on providing real-world work experience that is tailored to individual student-athletes, and those work experience connections can be the impetus for NIL opportunities. Student-athletes who are providing legitimate value through internships already on an organization's payroll can be utilized for NIL opportunities, such as sponsored social media posts or other marketing marketing or advertising purposes with the organization that they are interning for. I can tell you this much. If any BYU football player or any BYU athlete in general wants to intern with Locked On Cougars, let's get them on board. I'd love to have them be involved because we put them to work. We'd have some great conversations. But we got to wait. By the way, one thing to note on this is name, image, and likeness. There is no pending legislation in the state of Utah which would allow BYU to implement this right away. But I actually appreciate BYU being forward thinking on this. They're being smart. They're looking ahead and saying, you know what? This is coming down the pipe at some point. Let's be ready for it. Other things. The Built for Life Network has been created in both the Salt Lake Chamber and the Utah Valley Chamber, as well as Silicon Slopes as, quote, founding members to help student-athletes establish business connections. So you're going to see BYU student-athletes doing a number of things. Whatever they might be interested in, they can be working slash interning for those various companies across the Salt Lake and Utah County uh what uh, border? I don't know if border is the right term, but nonetheless, they'll have a big opportunity. And obviously, they have that partnership that we talked about with Open Doors, a company that will help student athletes learn how to better build their brands via social media. I think this is a really, really cool thing for BYU. There are going to be a lot of BYU athletes who are going to make money off their name, image, and likeness as soon as they are legally entitled to do so, whether that comes through a federal legislation, state legislation, or the NCAA pulling their heads out of their you-know-whats and figuring it out. The good news is it's on its way. It's a matter of when, not if. And these student-athletes, they should benefit from it. I put out a, quis- a question excuse me, on our Twitter feed, at LockedOnCougars on Twitter, and said, hypothetically speaking, or figuratively speaking currently, which BYU athletes would you guys like to have if we were to endorse or have a BYU athlete be a part of Locked On Cougars. We have them sign up as part of name, image, and likeness. If you guys have re- responses to that, tweet at us. Let us know on Facebook. You can also check out Instagram, or you can email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Some other takeaways uh, from BYU Football Media Day included Utah obviously trying to hone in on the day that was BYU. They announced their version of the Built for Life campaign, and I just love this. It is PR 101 because Utah understands it's BYU Football Media Day and just so happens that a couple hours after BYU announces their name, image, and likeness plans, wow, Elevate You is announced by the University of Utah. Shocking, I know. Get ready. Uh, Pac-12 Media Day is July 27th, folks. Expect an announcement from BYU on something on or around that day to still some of the thunder away from Utah in the Pac-12. It, it truly is. It's PR 101. It's the way you do things, and I think it's absolutely hilarious. The, the rivalry exists in all things, even among these athletic departments, but nonetheless, still a lot of fun with that. Other things I took away from yesterday is I think there's a lot of um, upbeat, positive mentalities around the BYU football program going into 2021. I think they understand that the vast majority of the national prognosticators and even teams that they have to play this year think BYU is going to take a little bit of a backward step from 2020. 
Everybody I talked to was upbeat, thinking, you know what? We have a chance to prove ourselves without Zach Wilson, without Brady Christensen. Yeah, we had a special season with them, and it does not come without them helping us, but we have plenty of talent here still, and we're going to go out and show what we can do. And I think that's actually a really cool thing that BYU is got going with them, the, the, the just the mentality of these student-athletes. It's incredible what a successful season in 11-1 year can do for a football program, and you can tell they've got a very, very good mindset right now looking ahead to this fall, and I think it's going to benefit the Cougars as they get ready for this upcoming campaign. They're working hard, obviously. There's a lot of people saying, well, we're doing the best we can. We're doing all the work in the weight room, all that stuff. Well, they are, and I think they understand that they have to go out and prove themselves. If they do take that backward step, that's when the national media says, ha, told you so. You guys weren't as good as you, you claimed you were. I think this program is ready to show the world what they're made of. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, a couple other interesting tidbits from BYU Media Day that I took away included BYU tight ends coach Steve Clark telling Jay Drew that tight end Hank Tui Pelotu has retired from football due to multiple knee injuries and the lingering effects of it. Uh, Hank Tui Pelotu, folks, in glimpses we had of him, really looked like a guy who had a lot of talent. But when you have multiple ACL tears, it just eventually wears on you, and he's ultimately decided to move on. He recently got married. I think he announced that he is uh, expecting the arrival of his first child, who apparently will have some birth defects. So I completely understand his, his mentality probably saying, you know what? It's time for me to move on. And obviously, I had my time to shine on the football field. But he obviously has two other brothers who will still be a member of the BYU football program. And wishing Hank Tui Pelotu the best as he moves forward. And then finally, the quarterback battle. A lot of people wondering, okay, who's going to win amongst this three-headed trio? Speaking of Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, and or Jacob Conover. Uh, all of them were tight-lipped about the quarterback battle, but I have to say there was one interesting comment that I took more than anything else with regards to uh, the quarterback battle, and that came via offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick. He praised exactly what uh, Jaron Hall did against Utah State. You all remember that first half, absolutely an electric performance before he was lost due to a concussion. Well, he said that if he is healthy and right, he's going to be hard to beat out. I have said it before. I'll say it again on this podcast. Jaron Hall is my favorite going into fall camp. I believe he will be the starting quarterback, barring an injury, against Arizona there on September 4th. That ultimately comes to pass, we'll find out. It's still TBD, obviously. They have fall camp to go through, and injuries could obviously play a role in this. But it's my sincere belief that if he is healthy, Jaron Hall, Jaron Hall excuse me, will be QB1 when the Cougars open the year. Does that mean he stays as number one all year long? That does not mean that at all. I'm just saying I believe game one, it'll be Jaron Hall under center for BYU as their starting quarterback. All right, there you go. Some of my takeaways from BYU Football Media Day. Like I said, I've got a number of interviews queued up that we will be using over the coming days and weeks as we talk about BYU in the month plus until we get to fall camp, but having a blast along the way all the same. Coming up next, though, we look back in BYU football history. Our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown rolls on. Looking back at 1968 for the Cougars, a tough season, and we'll explain what happened coming up in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Bet Online, folks. It is the fast and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, no matter your interest, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, futures on NFL or college football odds, even UFC MMA action, or even golf, the U.S. Open ongoing down there at Torrey Pines. 
Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game, put that skin in the game figuratively, and have some fun doing it. Head to the website now, betonline.ag. Sign up for free there. And while you're there, when you make your first deposit, make sure you use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You heard that right. Free money from BetOnline. Take advantage of it now. It's BetOnline, promo code Locked On when you get there for that 50% welcome bonus. All courtesy of betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, my friends, today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store or dealership to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands or specifications their warehouse happens to carry? You've got a computer, you've got access to rockauto.com, and you can get it right there on your phone even. Really simple, guys. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why spend up to 30? 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. For an example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. You can get it from Rock Auto for just $216. That's a significant savings, guys. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are always reliably low for every customer, so take advantage of it now. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck now, right? Locked on to the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you to check them out. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out once again at rockauto.com. Folks, let's continue on now with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. Looking back at 1968 today, and this was a season that was a struggle to say the least. BYU opened the year in 1968 with a fine 17-7 victory over Western Michigan and Kalamazoo. They traveled back East to play the Broncos, won that game 17-7. to But then what ensued was one of the longest losing streaks in BYU football history, obviously. A thing that wasn't matched until 2017 in the debacle of a 4-9 season for the Cougars. Well, they opened things up at home, hosting Iowa State in Provo. Lost that game narrowly, 28-20. to Followed up with a visit from Wyoming, one of the best programs in the country during this period. The Cowboys will figure prominently into our conversation on Monday. Some of you probably know where we're heading on that topic in 1969. But the Cougars lost that game against the eventual WAC champion Wyoming Cowboys, 20-17. to And then things kind of came off a little bit for the Cougars. They lost to Arizona a 19-3 in their first ever matchup as WAC opponents. Arizona had actually joined the Western Athletic Conference for this season. It had been a six-team conference. Both Arizona and UTEP, who was BYU's next opponent in Provo, joined the conference. The Cougars lost to UTEP 31-25. There's a theme here, folks. BYU was in a lot of these games, just couldn't get over the hump. Then their three-game win streak over Utah came to a close in early November. November 2nd, a Saturday, BYU went to Salt Lake City to Ute Stadium and lost that game 30-21. to Finally seeing their three-game win streak over Utah snapped. And then the following week, they took on Utah State in Provo and were summarily crushed 34-8 by the Aggies. And then finally, the final loss in the stretch here of the seven-game losing streak was the worst of the bunch, getting absolutely smoked by Arizona State on November 16th, 47-12. The Cougars got their second win of the season on the second-to-last game of the season in New Mexico against the Lobos, winning 35-6. 
and then finish out the season taking on San Jose State in San Jose, California and losing a heartbreaker 25-21, to bringing the total season record to an 8 and a disappointment by and large. This was not a season I think BYU is going to claim anytime soon. Mark Lyons, who we talked about yesterday, took the lion's share of the reps at quarterback in 1967, helping BYU to a respectable 6-4 and four record. Well, he split time once again in 1968 at quarterback with Rick Jones this time, but both of them struggled mightily. Lyons on the season just completed only 66 of his 157 attempted passes. That is not a good percentage. I don't have to do the math for you guys, something you don't want to necessarily think about, but an average of 4.7 yards per attempt, only 735 yards, two touchdowns on the season. That was it for Mark Lyons. Rick Jones, not much better. 42 completions against 129 attempts. Oh, by the way, Mark Lyons, just two touchdowns against nine interceptions. Jones, two touchdowns against 12 interceptions, 602 yards, actually the same number in terms of yards per attempt, but just was not a season. As a quarterback tandem that brings your grand total of touchdown passes to four on the year against 21 interceptions yeah it's a recipe for disaster just not something you can rely on BYU didn't have a great running game it was spread across four different players none of them over 400 yards on the year Dave Swanson leading the way with six touchdowns to go with 358 yards Uh, also receiving wise we talked about how in 1967, you had Phil Odell, who was just a man amongst boys. Well, he was kind of the last of the Marine Corps guys who had come to BYU in the immediate uh, a- immediate aftermath of Tommy Hudspeth hiring. You know, a lot of guys come in from the San Diego area who were Marines looking to go to school on the GI Bill, and they really bolstered BYU's football ranks and led them to the success they had under Hudspeth. But a lot of them graduated, and 1968 was kind of the result of that. Ed Romero led BYU on the season with 495 yards receiving, just one touchdown. Nobody had more than one touchdown on the season. Casey Boyette, who had actually had a pretty good 1967 season, was BYU's second leading receiver. Just 20 receptions for 262 yards, though. Just not an offensive team that could really score points in bunches, and BYU struggled as a result. Larry Echo Hart led BYU on the season with five interceptions, so a decent uh, season for him in that regard. Tackles-wise, Craig Bozich led the Cougars with 109 total tackles. Jeff Slip, he had uh, 17 tackles for loss, went on to all-whack honors after a 78-tackle season. But this is just not a season that BYU was ever going to write home about. And Mark Lyons is actually quoted as saying in 2017 when BYU was enduring that seven-game losing streak, he said that during that season, it seemed like every week they never lost hope that they would end the streak. It just continued to kind of multiply. And he said each week as you kind of went along, you thought, okay, this is the week we're going to end it. We're going to fix this. We're going to fix that. But then something else would pop up. And I think that's kind of an indication of what happens in football. You can try and fix certain things, but if you focus too much on fixing things, other things become a problem. And that's what appears to have been the issue for the Cougars in 1968. They were so focused on trying to fix their issues that other issues popped up because they took their eye off of those other issues. And I think that can be a metaphor for life. Let's be honest about that. But 1968, kind of the big down year for BYU under Tommy Hudspeth. But we will talk about 1969 on Monday. Uh, By the way, a swirling cloud during this period for BYU because of the Church of Jesus 
Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints during this period, also getting a lot of flack. PR-wise, a lot of people out there. The last game they played, actually, of the season at San Jose State, according to Mark Lyons, had more people with guns and authorities on the sidelines than fans in the stands due to impending or threats against the BYU football program regarding the LDS Church's stance on African Americans in the priesthood during this period. Like I mentioned, Wyoming's going to figure in very prominently to our conversation on 1969. The so-called Black 14 that were on the Wyoming football program who uh, protested BYU's game in 1969, we'll explain more about it on Monday, it became a big, big issue and something that I think has scarred the Wyoming football program for many years, but has an ultimately, I think, a very good outcome. And we'll talk about that on Monday. It's a really interesting conversation and just kind of the, the postscript to this story, I think is absolutely fascinating. We'll get more into that on our next edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast. So there you go, 1968, not a good season for BYU, a lot of pressure on the team, obviously, from multiple areas, but they looked to bounce back in 1969, and bounce back they did, by and large, and we'll talk about that on Monday's edition of the podcast. Alright, coming up here in just a minute, though, we'll catch you guys up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan before the weekend gets here. An interesting note on a former, not a former, a current member of the BYU men's basketball team, and a chance to play in the Olympics, potentially. We'll get to that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Built Bar. They are the best tasting protein bars ever. I mean that sincerely. They got nine delicious flavors going all right now. They call them their base flavors. They include coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. They also even have limited time option flavors. If you guys want to take advantage of those, you have to order them right away. Yesterday was banana nut bread, a great flavor in its own right. It was there for one day and then it was gone. Also, they have a sell right now on what they call their overweight or underweight bars or their bars that don't necessarily meet their standards. You can get them on sale right now by going to BuiltBar.com for a limited time only as well. It's kind of an overstock sale. If you guys want to take advantage of it, get over to BuiltBar.com. Oh, and by the way, we'll save you 15% along the way too. Use the promo code LOCKED15 when you get there. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your next order. It's a great way to save some money on the best tasting protein bars anywhere. They are high protein, high fiber, low sugar, low calorie enjoy them i promise you will enjoy them because i enjoy them every single day i want you guys to give them a shot as well so that's promo code lock 15 when you get to builtbar.com and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars anywhere all right folks before we go here on a friday edition of the show big congratulations to byu basketball forward gideon george he will be trying out with the nigerian national team for olympic team tryouts this coming week i think this is a really really cool story mike brown who's the associate head coach of the golden state warriors has been a longtime coach in the nba is actually the head coach for the nigerian national team this would be really really cool to see a guy like gideon george get his chance to go to the olympics as you guys might recall, his story is utterly phenomenal. Slept at the side of courts uh, just to be able to play and get his dream underway. Comes to America, goes to New Mexico Junior College and realizes that he's got a chance to really do some things. Comes to BYU and really emerged last year as a key rotation player for the BYU basketball program and be fantastic to see him re- represent his native country of Nigeria in the Olympics. They have already qualified for the Summer Olympic Games which begin July 23rd in Tokyo. We'll keep you guys updated on how tryouts go. George is probably facing long odds to make the team, but the fact that he's even 
even going to the tryouts, that is something to be celebrated. So congratulations once again to Gideon George on getting to live a little more of his dream in the basketball realm. Other notes for you guys before we go here is included congratulations to Cole Gamble. He was named to the West Coast Conference All-Academic Team from the BYU Baseball Program. The junior from Alpine, Utah, has played in all 50 games this past season for BYU, starting the majority of the season in right field. Carries a 3.95 GPA as a pre-business finance major and previously was named to the 2021 All-WCC second team for his efforts on the field. This is really, really cool. Eight other Cougars received honorable mention honors, including first baseman Freddie Achikar, infielders Brian Call, Peyton Call, Peyton Cole, and Andrew Pintar, outfielder Hayther Leth... Outfielder Hayden Letham, I hope I pronounced that correctly, catcher Joshua Cowden, and pitchers Cooper McKeehan and Easton Walker. So congratulations to all nine members of the BYU baseball program on those honors. Six members of the BYU women's softball program also received all WCC academic honors. Those were announced yesterday. Riley Jensen, Autumn Moffitt-Korth, and Taylee Williams were named to the all-academic first team. Jensen and Williams are receiving their second straight first team honors. Uh, uh, very, very cool to see that. Also recognized were Aaron Nicholas, Hannah Joe Peterson, and Alyssa Pod Herchak, who were named all WCC honorable mention on the academic team. So congratulations once again to all six members of the softball program on those honors. And then finally, one other note for you guys include 14 members of its 2021 BYU men's and women's track and field teams will compete for the U.S. Olympic team trials track and field, which take place June 18th through the 27th in Eugene, Oregon. Be at Hayward Field, NBC and NBCSN, NBC Sports Network will provide coverage of over eight nights, including six in prime time on NBC as these athletes try to make the Olympic teams in whatever events they happen to be competing in. An example here is Abraham Alvarado, who'll be competing in the 800 meters and the 1500 meters. Cameron Bates competing in the javelin. Michael Bluth, 400 meters. Casey Klinger, 5,000 meters. Talem Franco, 1500 meters. Connor Mance, the 5,000 meters. Also the 10,000 meters for Mance, Garrett Marsing in the steeplechase, Zach McWhorter in the pole vault, and Colton Yardley in the 400-meter hurdles on the men's side of things. And on the women's side of things, Anna Camp Bennett, the reigning 1,500-meter champion in the NCAA. She competes in the 1,500 meters. Lauren Ellsworth Barnes in the 800 meters. Whitney Orton joins Anna Camp Bennett in the 1,500-meter race. She's also going to compete in the 5,000 meters. Ashton Reiner competing in javelin. Claire Seymour in the 800 meters. And Courtney Waymont in steeplechase. Did you catch all that? Hopefully you did, because I'm not running it back down one more time. All right, that's going to do it for this Friday edition of the show. Follow the show on social media once again, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. Also, feel free to follow my personal work on Twitter, at Jacob C. Hatch. If you've got comments, concerns, questions, advertising inquiries, feel free to reach out via email as well. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Until Monday, have a great weekend. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for June 18th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys on Monday.